So what is the American Library in Paris? American Library in Paris is a lot of things. It's a private lending library. It's also a nonprofit. It's a community of English and non-English speakers who love literature, books. It's a nearly 100-year-old institution. It's also kind of a cultural center to me. There are a lot of different events, workshops, book clubs. Can you tell me a little bit about the Evenings with an Author events at the American Library in Paris? We have authors, scholars, journalists, artists, comedians, actors, musicians, public figures who come and speak for about 45 minutes. Anyone that's coming through Paris that our audience, our community is interested in listening to. The following Evenings with an Author event was recorded live at the American Library in Paris. Good evening, everyone. Hello. My name is Celeste Rhodes. I manage the Children's and Teens Department here at the American Library in Paris. Don't worry, you're in the right place. I'm here introducing our guest tonight because I'm a big fan of his two guidebooks on Paris, the greater Paris area. And I'm very pleased he can be with us tonight to present these unique, unique guidebooks. He's also a good friend of mine, so I'm very happy he could come into the fold of the American Library in Paris. And we're glad to have you here as well. Whether you're coming back, a regular attendee at our evening events, or a new member, a new friend. So we're happy to have Nicolas Legoff here this evening to tell us about his work creating Another Paris. This is the book on the east. There's one on the west as well. He'll tell you more about his background. But I'll say that his years of experience working in the cultural industries and at City Hall really shine through. And you can tell that he knows the city well, and the outskirts that we don't always consider Paris. We can talk about that later if you'd like. Um, so I purchased an Haute Paris, originally in French for myself. I was sure there were ten, at least 10 people I wanted to give it to in English, so I'm very happy there's an English translation, which is what we'll be discussing. And I know that Nicola worked very hard verifying all of the routes for this English edition. It was really a labor of love verifying that everything was still where it was for the original book, that the addresses and names hadn't changed. And he'll tell you a little bit about that process, I think, more about the spots here. I'm eager to hear some of his favorite spots and a little bit more about how the east of Paris is changing. There's a lot he knows and has, has told me, and we've gotten a glimpse of the presentation just beforehand. I think you'll be eager to hear his views on the East and areas we should explore. So thank you all for coming. Without further ado, I'd like to present Nicolas Legoff. Thank you. So good evening, everyone. And thank you very much, Celeste, for your words. And uh, thank you to all of you to be here tonight to listen to me. Uh, I must say that it's quite intimidating for me because uh, it's going to be one of the, the first times I'm going to explain what I've done in English to uh, an English-speaking audience. So I think you've got a saying in English that says, uh, excuse my French. So I won't ask you to excuse my French, but I will ask you to excuse my French accent. Um, so, uh, so as Celeste told you, um, I first wrote this book in French. It was called L'Autre Paris. And uh, after a few years of efforts, we managed to translate it in English and, and update it in English. So this is the fourth version of the book, because when I first write, wrote it, uh, it was two years ago. And as you know, in Paris, things uh, 
uh, evolve very fast, so a lot of addresses have changed, so everything that is in this version is quite uh, updated. So before explaining what I did in this book, I thought it was, it was a bit uh, better to explain you um, what was my background and what made me want to write books about Paris, and perhaps just a, f uh, a few words to tell you what I do today. So that's supposed to be me, that's the only <laughs> icon I thought. So, um, my job today, I qualified in French as passeur urbain, which is quite tricky to translate in English. I've tried, I discussed that with Celeste and other speaking, uh, English speaking friends. So uh, I tried to translate it in urban scout or urban go between. Basically, what I do is that uh, I act as a consultant and I work with people who work on the urban projects and I try to, to, to work on the attractivity, attractiveness of cities through cultural projects and innovative projects. So that's not very clear, but I will tell you a bit more afterwards if you've got questions about that. So, who am, who am I? I'm um, a French but a Breton guy. I don't know if you know Brittany, but I, I grew up in a very, very tiny village in Brittany. So I put a, a few images of uh, I mean, um, examples of what Brittany is. So uh, my grandmother used to wear these kind of very old-fashioned hats. So I always dreamt about Paris from my uh, small village. So I always wanted to go to Paris for my studies. So that's what I did. So I, I was lucky enough to study at La Sorbonne for my master's degree. So that's, that was 20 years ago. And I was really happy to wander in the streets of Paris and to discover the city and uh, as a lot of uh, people who came to Paris, I began to feel like a, a Parisian because there's nothing like a real Parisian. We say that most of Parisian people come from somewhere else in the world or in, in La Provence. So, and then I, uh, after I finished my studies, I, I started to travel. I, I, I worked a little bit in Turkey for a while and that when I started to compare Paris with other big cities and uh, I worked in Ankara and Istanbul, which are two very different cities in terms of urbanism, in terms of culture. And that's when I started to focus on how um, urban scenography or urbanism has an impact on how we discover a city, appropriate it, and discover a new culture. So I decided to, to find a way to work in an international uh, field so that I could keep on traveling and discover other, other cities. So for 10 years, I worked in an agency, a public agency that promotes French companies abroad, and I was in charge of cultural industries, so that made me travel a lot and discover a lot of other metropolises and capital cities, so that was very interesting. And when I was organizing events abroad, uh, I used to wander uh, in the streets and to try to find my own urban scouts to discover uh, inspiring places to organize events in, in those inspiring places which were off the beaten tracks. Um, and during my mission, so I, I, I put a few images of different cities that were interesting for me. So there are pictures of London on the top and of Copenhagen. And what was interesting to me is that, of course, there are always touristic highlights in those cities. But I was always interested in how those cities managed to evolve or to change the, the look we had on um, what they have to offer in refurbishing, rehabilitating uh, former factories or uh, deprived areas or how the city evolves and how new parts of the cities became uh, new destinations or new places of interest. Um, after having worked for these 10 years in, 
and the international field, I moved on to the Paris City Hall, where I could really study how uh, uh, public policies make a city evolve and what you can do to make it more uh, agile or um, uh, how you can work on the public, sp um, public space to make it more uh, livable for the, the citizens. And I was in charge of innovation projects. So basically, I, I, my field of work was, were all the margins of the capital city because where we could experiment new projects were, in fact, all the um, teens arrondissements. I, I mean, all the arrondissements, the districts which are on the border of Paris where uh, the cost of the of the buildings is cheaper and wh where we could try and think about new new projects so uh, i got to know the city quite well after wandering all the all of these districts and then that led me to work at le 104 i don't know if you know this place it's a very inspiring creative beehive in the northeast of Paris, in the 19th district of Paris. And um, I used to, to, I was in charge of the international relations and of the urban and cultural engineering, because a lot of foreign delegations came to this very place to get inspiration on how, when you rehabilitate a former factory or a former industrial building, um, how you can make it um, uh, a new destination for foreigners, but also uh, something uh, which is very useful for the, the citizens who live in the vicinity. And this place is very singular and because it's both a cultural place, it's a theater, it's a, a, a kind of museum for contemporary art, but there, are, there is also um, an incubator for creative startups and all the, um, the main halls are open to anyone who wants to come and practice any kind of cultural activity. It's like, it's really like a beehive. Uh, and this place uh, inspired a lot of people from all over the world and I thought, uh, I, uh, sorry, I saw that um, this kind of new urban projects and artistic, pro artistic projects were um, interesting for a lot of other metropolises. So, um, and when these delegations came to Le 104, they were always eager uh, to discover the whole neighborhood and all the things who were, which were happening in the vicinity. And I never had time to lead them around because I, I was uh, too busy to do that. But I thought that the um, city of Paris or uh, the people who are promoting the capital city were lacking some guide, some sort of guidebooks or some kind of tools to promote the margins of the capital city because in all the major guidebooks we talk about the city center and the major monuments and the highlights of the city but that's not actually where the the people most of the people do live in their everyday life and that's not where i mean it's not around the louvre or around the eiffel tower that the everyday life of the common parisian is taking place and there are much more to much more much more things to say, many, many more things to say about the city and the inspiring and interesting places. So I decided to, sorry, I decided to send a, a kind of draft or synopsis to my editor to propose a, a kind of alternative guidebook about uh, the districts, which were not really tackled with uh, by other guidebooks, regular guidebooks. So. Uh, my approach for that, um, so that was what I was saying, the reference guidebooks tend to focus only on, on central and very touristic areas. And I had the feeling that usually people, tend, tourists at least, tended to have a, uh, an, an idealized vision of Paris, which was reduced to the postcard uh, uh, vision of Paris. And in the 80s, 90s, or the early uh, 20th century, 
a lot of criticism about Paris were that it was a, it was a, a museum city really stuck into its uh, exposition of city of light or these things. And that wasn't really matching my impression that things were evolving and there were much more, uh, many more things to, to, to be said about the city. So, and I also wanted to, to enlarge uh, the, the scope or the vision of Paris to the, the outskirts of the capital city and to include the, the, the suburbs into what Paris is because they are part of the greater Paris region and we talk a lot about the, um, uh, the greater Paris project and the greater Paris express metro system and these things they are big infrastructure projects but they are only going to to be realized or to be concrete in, in six or ten years time so I wanted to say something about this future Grand Paris at the, at the level of a pedestrian and to just give a little incentive to the people to cross this physical boundary that the Boulevard Périphérique is and to connect uh, Paris to, it, to its outskirts. Um, so that's in my observations, but I think I'm repeating myself. Uh, but basically, yes, as I said, I. Uh, for me and for a lot of people, Paris is not only made of elegant avenues, it's not only made of museums and of Macaron La Durée or Galerie Lafayette. There are so many other things about Paris that a lot of people, we are repeaters, uh, who already came to visit Paris and the major monuments, are eager to discover as well. A lot of, more and more people are looking for uh, authentic experiences or want to to discover parts of Paris where the real Parisians uh, hang around. So that's what I, I decided to do. I decided to to propose walks. So in my first book, in this one, uh, I, I decided to, to propose 10 walks that start where the tourists tend to stop their visits of Paris. So that means I don't focus at all on the, on the very center of Paris, but I start my itineraries where they tend to stop, that is uh, at the beginning of the arrondissements that, start, uh, that are above 10. I mean, I start in the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th arrondissement, and I lead the way of the people of the beaten track, and I try to connect uh, these itineraries uh, uh, to the suburb, and I end on the other side of the boulevard périphérique. Um, so, my, as I said, uh, so that's, that was my goal, basically. Uh, I wanted to propose a smooth or, or easy transition between Paris and the suburbs and to enlarge the scope. Um, and I also wanted to say that um, uh, the, the outskirts of Paris or the, the neighboring cities are um, like complementary arrondissements de Paris. I, I mean, it's like, sorry, Montreuil or Pantin or Ivry could be the 21st or 22nd or 23rd arrondissement de Paris. They, they, they're going to be part of this uh, greater metropolis that uh, Paris uh, really is. Um, so this guide was meant when I wrote it. I decided to to think to to think about the student I was when I arrived to Paris. I tried to to talk about things I would have liked to discover when I first got to Paris because it was easy for me to find my way up to Saint Germain des Prés or to Le Marais because it's very broadcasted and it's uh, it's talked about in uh, all the guidebooks. But I, I was also curious about Belleville, Menilmontant. Uh, 
Um, Montreuil was already a very uh, lively city where a lot of creative people were living. So I, I was curious, but I didn't have uh, my urban scout. So I decided to write a book that I could have needed when I was, arri when I was uh, arriving and discovering uh, Paris. So it's meant for people who come to live to Paris. It's meant for my Parisian friends who often used to call me to have good tips about the capital city because when you live in Paris, usually uh, you have your own experience of the, of the city, but it's the same in any other, other city. I mean, with the work, with the very uh, um, fast life we all have, we don't have time to behave like tourists in our own uh, uh, local life or in our own city. So I wanted to, to, uh, to I mean, when I wrote, this, when I wrote this, this guide, it was also meant to be helpful for the Parisians who were curious enough to, to try to enlarge their activities in Paris. But I also um, thought about the foreign delegations we brought when I was working in this public agency uh, a few years ago. When we organized events in France, in Paris, we always took them to, I mean, iconic buildings or iconic restaurants or very touristic places. And there are a lot of professionals who come often to Paris and uh, they are a bit fed up sometimes about always being led to the same place and to this uh, very touristic area. So uh, I had the feeling that it could be interesting as well for foreigners, for professionals who want to, to come to Paris and to want to, to have a new inspiring place to discover. Or I also thought about, you know, um, these companies who want to settle in Paris and who only think about, uh, you know, locating their, their offices in the very center of Paris next to the Opera or in the Sentier or in Saint-Germain-des-Prés, whereas there are much more space available in the outskirts of Paris and people have preconceived ideas, you know, uh, like, you know, when there was this um, very, very controversial issue about the no-go zones or so-called no-go zones in Paris, in Belleville, in Menilmontant, in La Goutte d'Or. I actually live in one of the so-called no-go zones that Fox News talked about, which is in the 11th arrondissement, which is not a, a no-go zone at all. I mean, uh, so um, I, I also thought that creating a book that could be a tool uh, for people who wanted to uh, locate their companies or, or install themselves in, in Paris could show that um, there were a lot of good things for their everyday life and there were uh, in those districts which are less known that there were cultural venues, a lot of coffees, restaurants, nice green areas and a lot of things for a thriving everyday life. Uh, so the guidelines I, I had are mon cahier des charges. I don't know what, how you would say that in English. My guidelines were when uh, so I decided to write 10 routes, 10 itineraries uh, that connected Paris to, the, to a suburb, to a metro station in the suburbs, to, to, to show that it was really easy, easily reachable. Uh, I wanted that uh, I had to find a smooth and agile crossing of the boulevard périphérique. I always avoided you know, the major... Uh, gates of Paris where there are a lot of traffic jams and they can be a bit aggressive. But there are always um, pedestrian gateways or alleys or border of a canal that can easily uh, lead you on both sides of the boulevard périphérique. So that was one of my uh, targets. Uh, and I wanted to highlight, to put a stress on the city on the move, not a city stuck in the, in the image of the postcard. Or. So I wanted to talk about uh, ecology, street art, architecture, uh, artistic venues, places of innovation, third spaces, cafes, and all these kind of things. 
And the last, um, the last point was that I wanted these urban hikes or urban strolls to last around three, between three and four hours. I mean, they can last 72 hours if you stop in all the spots. Uh, I, I, I talk about, but if you if you just want to hike, I wanted that to be easily done in uh, in a day or in an afternoon. Um, so uh, that's just a list of the ten itineraries. So the, the, um, I'm going to show you the, the map afterwards. So in fact, can you hear me if I speak like that? Yeah. So in fact, as you see, I don't focus at all on the cities and very city center because. I mean, a lot of other guidebooks do it better than what I could have done. But I start at the, at, at the beginning of the this um, uh, the arrondissement that uh, start by 10. So, and uh, I, I go up to, so it's like a half a circle, and I go to Saint-Ouen, uh, where, where people regularly know the flea markets. Uh, but there's not only the flea markets, there are a lot of other things happening in Saint-Ouen. Uh, I go to Aubervilliers, Pantin, Le Pré Saint Gervais, which is a very lovely village-like city next to Paris. Um, I go to uh, Les Lilas, Bagnolet, and then to Montreuil, to Le Bois de Vincennes. Vincennes. Vincennes le, le Bois de Vincennes, the, the wood is part of Paris actually, but uh, that's a bit further. And the the end of the of the Bois de, de Vincennes is not used that much by Parisians, but more by the people who live in those other cities. And there are a lot of gems hidden in this part of the park. And then I go to Ivry. And one exception is that I go uh, to Vitry, which, is not, which doesn't touch Paris. But I made one exception because Vitry is considered as a very interesting city for street art. Uh, the, the, the mayor decided to open the, the doors of the, of the city to all the street artists of all over the world. There are a lot of um, housing projects everywhere. and the, base, the most of the buildings in some districts of uh, Vitry are full of uh, pieces of art, and it's very interesting. And the last one leads you to Gentilly. Um, that's it. And uh, so just an example of one itinerary. So that's for each, um, each uh, route, um, there's a map that describes uh, uh, this red line that shows you where to go. Um, I wanted, so uh, each time I, I, I say where you can start and when you end with the metro stations. And what, what I thought was interesting, so with the graphic designers, uh, we put a stress on the fact that we didn't want the regular shape of the map of Paris. Usually Paris is like that, you know? That's the regular shape of Paris. Sometimes you add the Bois de Boulogne and the Bois de Vincennes. But I wanted to include the neighboring cities and the outskirts. So we added the 20 cities that are touching Paris because that's the ones I'm leading to on the eastern part, because I cut Paris into halves. And what I like with this new shape of Paris is that it looks, for me at least, it looks like a, a human body organ, like a, <laughs> lung, like a lung or a heart or something. And it's, I thought it was quite inspiring that that gave, gave a more lively shape to how we repre usually represent Paris. Uh, within its boundaries of the boulevard periphery, and I didn't want the boulevard periphery to be the ma major shape, shape of, the, of, the, of the map. Up. And so uh, each itinerary starts by a kind of summary or a little um, introduction, and then all the blue parts of the text are the guidelines for your walking uh, 
uh, straw. I mean, uh, it explains you what to turn, what to look, etc. And I explain what the buildings or what the projects are. And I took a lot of pictures. Uh, I think I, I took 5,000 5, pictures for each book, so for this one, and I only selected uh, 300 or 400, I don't remember the precise number, but on uh, you always have a page with pictures to illustrate what we, I talk about on the uh, right part. So that's just examples. And I w one thing I wanted to say is that I didn't want, uh, sorry, it's much easier when I speak close to the mic. I, I wanted that if someone hadn't been to Paris before, uh, if he or she skimmed through the pages of the book, he, he couldn't be really sure it was uh, talking about Paris because there's no Eiffel Tower, no Sacré-Cœur, no Grand Palais. I wanted, for example, these pictures, they're all taken in, in Paris, but uh, it's more about um, contemporary architecture or green spaces or uh, the border of the River Seine. But if people are, don't know Paris very well and if they only had in mind uh, an Osmanian building, they could wonder if it's if it wasn't taken in these pictures were taken in I don't know Berlin or Hamburg or any other cities. So that that was uh, an issue for me. I didn't want to to stick to the postcard about Paris. I wanted to broaden the the representation of of the capital city. Um, and at the end of each route uh, itinerary, there is a an address book uh, which gives you the the main addresses and contacts for the, at least for the cultural venues, the restaurants and the bars. So those are a few pictures to illustrate the fact that what I was saying, I didn't want um, the illustrations to be close to what is regu regularly shown about Paris. So for example, I don't know if you recognize some of the places, but um, some, of, some of the pictures are taken in, in, in the suburbs and other ones in Paris. And I wanted also to give a lot of colors about Paris because sometimes when you think about Osmanian buildings or um, the icons of Paris, major buildings, they, they are a bit gray or a bit uh, classical. So I wanted to, to, to work also on the, on the colors and the representations of the city. Ah, so for, if you're interested, so I think this one is on the border of the River Seine. It's in the 13th at the bottom of the um, uh, National Library. Um, so there are a lot of uh, ganget and a lot of uh, boats which are hosting restaurants and bars and clubs, and it's very lively now. And so it's in the on the left bank of the River Seine in the 13th. This is, it's a play on words. Uh, it's, uh, it's located in Aubervilliers. It's like um, an artistic shelter for creators. It's like a squat, more or less. And uh, it's a play on words with La Villa Medici in Roma, because it, it, it reads La Villa Medici. So it's called La Villa, but from here, from the outskirts. So that's, um, that's a wall with street art um, at the boundary between the 19th district and and um, and Aubervilliers, this is uh, this and this. There are buildings in a part of Paris which is quite brand new. It's Les Entrepôts McDonald's. It's in the northeast of Paris in the 19th district. And for a long time, it was a no-go zone, a real no-go zone in the 18s and 90s. And um, for the last few years, it's been completely rehabilitated. It's a former enormous building which was in, um, in concrete and it, it was um, considered as a piece of, uh, um, not a piece of art, but um, an architectural gem. So it's been preserved or conserved and a lot of different uh, architects 
some of the someone are famous, some of them are famous. They all plugged on the top of this huge uh, 600 meters long building, uh, uh, modernist building, and it's, it can be private housing or social housing or schools or gymnasiums. There are a lot of different things, incubators for startups as well. Uh, this is a, a place I really love. It's in the Bois de Vincennes. It's in Le Jardin d'Agronomie Tropicale. So it's, a, it's in the eastern part of the Bois. So it's next to Nogent, not, not next to Port Doré. And it's um, uh, the former colonial exhibition park. It, it, was, it was created in 1907. And there were uh, a lot of different uh, pavilions from all the former French colonies. And all these things have been forgotten. And the, this park remained, uh, I mean, uh, forgotten for uh, many decades. And the city of Paris um, rehabilitated it, but and preserved it, and reopened it to the public. It's, a, it's an open and public uh, uh, square. Uh, it's in, it was opened in 2004. And it's a very pleasant place. And when, for example, Les Buttes Chaumont are overcrowded on a summer day, uh, on a sunny summer day, uh, this place is quite empty and very pleasant and uh, so, so exotic, in fact. Uh, and this is a rooftop. On the t uh, it's a um, community garden and um, uh, it's on the top of a gymnasium and uh, in a, um, uh, a municipal um, sports center and um, it's a place where both the, the neighbor, neighbors can come and uh, uh, work on the gardening but it's also a place where people who are in um, who've got uh, psychiatric diseases uh, can come you know, with uh, their hospital and work during the day and to rebuild the, themselves through gardening. So it's a very interesting uh, green and social place. And it's in the 20th uh, district. And on this picture, uh, this is um, a gateway crossing the peripheric. It's, very, it's been designed by uh, an architect, uh, architects and designers. It's between Aubervilliers and Paris. And it's a very pleasant way to cross the peripheric. I mean, I, w I was about to say without noticing it, but you notice because there's a, the noise of the periphery. But it's a very pleasant way, and it's devoted to pedestrians and uh, uh, people who run bicycles. Uh, this, this is a, uh, a bar which has been uh, designed by a student from Les Gobelins with his fellow student friends. And it's a very pleasant place. I think you know this building. Uh, it's in the 13th town this morning, the banks of the River Seine. For me, it looks like a little bit like a crocodile by night, by night, you know, on the border of the river Seine. Uh, that's La Alpajor in the 18th district. That's um, the courtyard of a primary school that has been designed by uh, pupils with architects and designers. And uh, two or three years old talked for uh, a semester with the designers and the architects, and they talked about what they would have liked to see in their courtyard. And so they, they were they were fond of. Um, uh, these colors and uh, so these rainbow uh, things. So all the if you see from above, if you go on the Google uh, Google Maps, if you see from above, you can see that all the building and the courtyard and the walls are like a huge rainbow. And uh, so it's uh, it's really the idealized school for for the for the small people from this school. And this is in the white version as well. It's La Cartoucherie. I don't know if you know this place. It's a very interesting place. It's a, a former um, uh, a former factory where arms were being built, and uh, all the different um, buildings have been turned into theaters. 
so there are five or six different theaters in the middle of the park and in a very beautiful garden. And they've all, um, um, the le, Théâtre du Soleil, for example, I don't know if you know this company. Um, uh, there are a lot of famous theater plays which are being created there, and it's a very, uh, very pleasant area. I highly recommend you that, uh, to, to, uh, to check the, the program of these different theaters. So that's it. Um, am, am I being too long? No? Uh, so I'm, I'm almost done. Uh, so this guide is part of a wider trend. I, I wanted to connect this guide to what's currently happening in Paris uh, with all this uh, evolution uh, with uh, the Greater Paris Express project, because uh, that's a very big scale project. And it's going, as I was saying before, it's going to take a lot of time to be, to be, to be real. So I wanted to introduce uh, people to this future ghetto Paris. So I wanted to do that at a pedestrian scale and to lead people at first step to, 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 to go through the boundary, the psych psychological but also physical boundary that the Boulevard Peripheric is. And uh, I had to, that's the map of the, this future, future um, railway project. But my again only talks about you know, these parts of the Grand Paris. But uh, I dream about you know writing about all these other parts of the Greater Paris region because there are a lot of other gems in all the in all the regions, in fact, and uh, uh, Parisians don't really know about them, or or we are too lazy to to take the train to go to all these parts of the Paris, Greater Paris region. But thanks to this future um, subway network, it's going it's going to be much easier to reach all these places. Uh, I also wanted, uh, just for your general knowledge, but there's this project which is called the Arc of Innovation, which is a, a territorial marketing project from the city of Paris and of the neighboring cities and territories to, because most of the deprived areas of Paris are located in this part of the east of Paris. But it's also where a lot of innovative places are blossoming, a lot of third spaces are being created, and a lot of social or cultural or ecological products are, are being uh, um, uh, developed. So this, this is supposed to, to be a district. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a kind of campaign to, to put a stress or highlight all the good initiatives that are taking place on both borders of the boulevard peripheric. And, uh, it's kind of uh, a network between all the positive actions and stakeholders which are doing things to make the, their neighborhoods evolve. Uh, so I can go fast. And there's also this Olympic Games project that is going to have a big impact on the territory as well. And what I liked, because as I was saying, for, for my guide, I don't focus on the very, uh, very center of Paris, and I try to change the point of view about the territory. So I, I'm having like a kind of... Uh, uh, different point of view about the territory. And this Olympic Games map is quite interesting because the tip of the circle uh, or the center of the circle is not on the very center of Paris. The, the tip of the compass is somewhere here around. So it's been a translation for the development project and uh, it's in sense underneath that. I mean, a lot of things are going to happen here as well, but there are going to be things all over the greater Paris region and the the hub, the very center of the Olympic Games is going to be there and not right in the middle of Paris. So that's interesting to have a look at all these different representations and maps of Paris because it makes us, 
it, ma it makes my eye evolve, or my vision evolve about Paris, because when I first got to Paris, Paris for me was just the very, very center of Paris. And I didn't really focus or concentrate on the other parts of the, of the regions. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, for the context is that there are more and more um, third spaces or what we call transitory urban projects that are blossoming all over Paris, but also in the outskirts of Paris, is that when there are um, industrial buildings which are going to be destroyed to, to, to leave place or to, to for new parts of, uh, of the city where um, there are a lot of wastelands which are not used for one, two, three years before being rebuilt. And now there are more and more col uh, associations or collectives that can have the keys of these buildings for to experiment or try new, new ways of building the city for two or three years. And this picture, for example, and the other one, uh, this picture is um, in Les Grands Voisins. It's a former hospital which is going to be destroyed. But before it's destroyed or re re rehabilitated into housing projects, there, very, there are people, associations, who have taken the keys of, the, of those buildings. And uh, it's, it's been turned into um, an innovative part of the city. You've got a, a migrant shelter. You've got association, you've got uh, startups, you got, you've got um, craftsmen who are all um, uh, who can hold um, develop their activities here for a while. They know that at the end of two or three years they will have to move, but it's been uh, feasible because uh, they don't have uh, huge rents to pay to to occupy these places, and they can try to invent a new way of uh, thinking the city. And sometimes it, it's, it inspires uh, the promoters or the architects or the urbanists that are going to uh, create the future uh, neighborhood that is going to, going to be built. So that's just a few examples. There are a lot of such places all around Paris. So that's, that was just a, small, a list of inspiring places. And that are, those are pictures of these kind of places. For example, just this one. Uh, it's, it doesn't exist anymore because it's been destroyed because new buildings are going to be built. But it was taken in a, a place called L'Aérosol. It was a former a railway um, hub uh, for La SNCF, the, 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 train, uh, the French train company. And before the SNCF destroyed it, they, they gave it to a collective of uh, street artists. And for one year and a half, this place was a, a huge uh, street art museum. Uh, people could come and, and learn how to, to make paintings on the walls and uh, you could go and have a, dr a drink in this, in this place. And it was, I mean, uh, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you wouldn't have thought about finding such places in Paris. You would have thought about, uh, I don't know, Chicago or Berlin or Leipzig. Or, but these, these places now tend to develop in Paris and you can find inspiring places. And the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, are the calls for innovative urban projects, but uh, it's a long story, but there are a lot of um, uh, competitions for urbanism architecture in Paris now taking place, which are um, reinventing or redesigning the way uh, people are building the city, and I think that sometimes it's inspiring. 
All right, and so that's a press review of my books. Ah, last thing I wanted to say is that, so I talked about another Paris, which is devoted to the eastern part of Paris, but um, last spring I uh, published my second book, which is devoted to the western part of Paris. So it's exactly the same project. As the first one uh, found an, an interest in the, uh, I had a, a small audience for this book, so I decided with my uh, editor to, to go for the, to go west. So. That's exactly the same principle, you know. Uh, and I take people through other districts about which there are also preconceived ideas. There are not the same preconceived ideas as about the East. Uh, people would say that the 16th or the 15th arrondissement are boring, nothing's happening over there, or, or it's more. Uh, they would say that, <laughs> uh, or they would think that, but or or it's posh or these kind of things. But there are also things evolving in this district. So I wanted to take the people from the east to the west, as I try to take the people from the west to the east, so that people discover other parts of the city. So these itineraries they um, they start in the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th arrondissement, and they lead you up to uh, Clichy, La Défense, Nanterre, Neuilly. Boulogne, twice to Boulogne, because there are, it's a big city where there are a lot of things happening. Uh, ici les Molinos, Vanves, Malakoff, and Morunge. And then uh, I, I, I try to, to put my two um, itineraries books uh, uh, in the, on the same map. And so it's like kind of a bagel, you know, it's empty in the middle, and uh, it's like a round <laughs> up. And it's like a web of different uh, uh, propositions for you to discover different parts of the city. I mean, of Paris and of the outskirts of Paris. And I think that's all. Yeah, ju I just wanted to say that I wanted to, to, to make the um, Western part book uh, translated in English, so that's my next project. Uh, and I, I'm going to, to work on other projects, and I'm also organizing learning expeditions in, in, the, in those districts. So I've, been, I've, I've talked a lot. I, I hope I didn't speak too fast and that you could understand what I was saying. And thank you very much for your attention. Evenings with an author and other weeknight programs at the library are free and open to the public thanks to support from Grow at Annenberg our members, and those who attend programs. For more information about the American Library in Paris and to see a full calendar of our Evenings with an Author events, visit AmericanLibraryInParis.org.